So yesterday I was at the Worcester Men's Conference and we had mass together, but it, they ended up doing the vigil mass, so the reading for this day. And, and so I've had some time to reflect on it on my drive home and wanted to share some things that I think are important. First of all, notice all three readings tied to the fact of coming from the grave, basically being risen. Now, Jesus came, but it was after three days. Now, why is this important? Because he knew the Jewish superstition. Now, a soul to the Jews stayed near the grave up to three days, trying to return into the body. So here's a body, a body dies, and then basically the soul, because remember death is a separation of soul from the body. That's the definition of death. So the soul and the body separate. So the Jews believe for three days that soul tried to get back into the body. And then after three days would finally give up. And so it was accepted that after that, and basically that's what we're talking about here, Jesus came on the fourth day, there was no hope of recitation. So basically the soul was trying to get back in and they had belief and hope that the body within three days could rise back up again, could be resuscitated. But once it hit day four, there was no hope. So Jesus purposely waited, purposely waited to the fourth day so that he would blow away this belief and that he would be able to show that I do and can resuscitate no matter when. So no matter how dead we are, Jesus can bring us back to life. No matter how dead to sin we are, Jesus can bring us back to life. You know, a lot of people don't come to church out of that fear. I mean, I've heard everything from Father. If I walked into that church, the lightning would strike and, and set the church on fire. And no, our sins are not greater than God's mercy. There is no sin greater than God's mercy. No matter how dead you are, you think you are to sin. How mired in addiction or how much you struggle with impatience. Well, just to sit right here, Jesus was perturbed. So these things are things that should never keep us away, but they do. Now, death is not the end of existence. Um, we just did a filming on, for our EWTN show, we invite all of you to watch with us on Wednesdays at 6.30 Eastern time. Um, just finished filming a series of the four last things, which you really don't hear a lot about anymore from the pulpit. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And we're going to do a show on each of those four things. So the very first one was death. And basically in it, death, I, I mentioned, is not the end of existence, but it's rather a change in your state of being, okay? Um, it's rather a door to a new life. You don't stop existing. Your state of existence changes. So basically in a way, however, though, mercy is involved here. Why? Believe it or not, death is actually a mercy. Why? Because it helps us, and when we're aware of it, like when we come to a funeral, it all helps us to ponder that we're only finite. 
Our time here on earth is just a tiny drop compared to eternity, our finite existence. It helps us to prepare for eternal life. So seeing death, being involved in death, losing a loved one, crazy as it sounds, actually helps us because then we know we're only finite. We know there will come a time where it'll all be over. And so, you know, um, it's basically a mercy because it helps us to prepare for the joy of eternal life. Now, does that mean that we should be happy at funerals? No. No, I remember um, when I was like 10 years old, we had a friend killed on a bicycle. And our family went to the funeral. And I remember my father was really upset because, God bless him, there's this lovely couple, but they went up to the parents who just lost their 10-year-old only child and said, rejoice. This is a beautiful day. This is what God wanted. No, that's not what you say. Okay, in God's ordained will, he does not want death. He hates death. It's the only time God hates. But in his permissive will, he allows it because death is a consequence of sin. But he'll bring a greater good out of it, which is our resurrection. So, what's going on here? Should we be happy at funerals? No, because death was not in God's original plan. Okay, this is important. Now, how do you know you're not supposed to be happy? It's said right there. The shortest verse in the entire Bible. Two words. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the whole Bible. So, Jesus wasn't happy. This wasn't in God's plan but he's about to bring a greater good. Now, it was the Jewish duty to actually be sympathetic or express sympathy um, with those who were mourning at a death, like the family, all right? It actually was a work of mercy. Mourn for the dead. We still have that as a work of mercy. All this comes from the Jews. And so... We have the works of mercy so we can imitate God in Scripture. You know, all the time, non-Catholics accuse us, oh, works, you think it's about works. Well, you've got to have the works of mercy. It's how you imitate God. Do you know the, that God did each of the works of mercy in the Bible himself? Did you know this? I don't think I've ever mentioned this. But I looked it up as I was thinking about this, and it is true. What about clothe the naked? Well, God did it in Genesis 3.21. He clothed Adam and Eve after they were shamed and naked. What about visiting the sick? God did in Genesis 18.1. He came to Abraham, who was sick. What about comforting the mourners like we have here at the funeral? God did it in Genesis 25.11. He came to Isaac when Isaac was sad at the death of his father, Abraham. What about bury the dead? That's a work of mercy. God did it. Deuteronomy 34, 6, when he buried Moses. We're just imitating God. And yet we as Catholics are criticized for the works of mercy. We have to do this. In all things, we can imitate the actions of God if we do them in mercy. But now, what's going on here? All right, so these works of mercy or works of love are important but that's only the first thing. We also need an act of faith. So you need faith and works. Faith without love is dead. Faith without works is dead. What kind of works? Works of love. Now, this is where we vindicate Martha. Because everybody always says to me, Father Chris, you're a Martha. And read what the scriptures say. 
Mary did the better half. Remember when Mary stayed at the feet of Jesus and Martha was running around fixing and getting everything ready? And all my brothers always point to me, Father Chris, you're too much of Martha. You're not, an, you're, you're not enough Mary. You're too much Martha. You're running around. You're trying to get all this stuff done. Well, yes, this is true. Mary had a good part at the feet of Jesus. That's a contemplative. That's why in the church we have contemplative orders like Mary. They remain in prayer all day. They remain. They're not out apostolic. Then you have the church orders that are like Martha, that are apostolic, that are out bringing the mercy of God to the people. That's what I felt called to. Now, yes, Mary chose the better half. That's an actual higher calling. The contemplative orders are actually a higher calling than the apostolic orders that we, you know, we know both in the church. But here is the vindication of Martha. So I always defend Martha. So, you know, Mary had faith at the feet of Jesus, absolutely. But Martha now shows that she had just as strong a faith in Jesus as well. How? Because she did not merely sit at home. She got up. She ran out. She did something. She met Jesus. She cried for mercy. She implored him. She sought him. So Martha is not bad. Martha has just as much faith. Mary didn't bother. Mary was sitting back at home. Now, I'm not criticizing that. The contemplative call is higher, as I said. But here we have just as an important act of faith in Martha, that apostolic being out, giving the word of God, seeking the word of God. Yes, we need those in contemplative private prayer, but we need the Marthas. We need both Marthas and Marys, depending on which one you are. God can use you. And so what's going on here? All right. So she was impelled to leave the funeral party, which is really shocking. Here's a funeral party. This is what the church fathers tell us. Now, I want to go back to seminary because this is what I learned in my scripture class. And I always love sharing this because it helps me relive the faith in my favorite time of my life in seminary. Now, in my scripture class, we learned that basically there would be a funeral party in ancient Judaism. And Martha left it in order to seek Jesus out. Now, you know what's amazing about this is she would have caused a big stir because guess what? It was custom that women walked first in a funeral procession. We always think about women in ancient Palestine being behind the man or inferior. And you would automatically think in a funeral procession in ancient Palestine that women would be last. Actually, they were first. But here we go again and not respecting the women, I think. Here's why. Do you know why the women walked first? The women were sent to walk first because they believed that women, since women, by it was a woman that the first sin brought death into the world, she ought to be the first in the mourners to the tomb. <laughs> the poor ladies, right? So, so basically, you have these women who were, naturally, you would think at the back of the line, they shoved them to the front of the line, saying it was because of a woman that death came into the world, so you're going to lead the mourners. You're going to be the first mourner to mourn the dead because the women are the reason that we have death. And so they would lead him to the tomb. So here's Martha leading this procession to the tomb, and she walks away. This is amazing. And so Martha appears basically to Jesus then saying, why didn't you come? Now it's too late. Well, that makes it, it's a good question. But she had faith. She didn't really say that. 
That's kind of what you think she would say. Actually, she had more faith than that. Here's what she said. Even yet, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So she wasn't mad at Jesus. All right. So she continues to believe in Jesus, even though Lazarus died, that he can still help. Right. Her trust in him, in his love is not shaken. Right. Even though he seems to disregard her. You know, I'm a little bit late. We always tease Father Kaz that he's going to be late for his own funeral (laughs) because Father Kaz is always running around and and he's, you know, people are like, Father Kaz, don't be late. Don't be late. And so this is this is kind of what Jesus did. So you could see Christ and Kaz because Jesus showed up late. And so. Anyway, it, it, was, it was in this way that Martha is an example of stellar faith. As I said, every bit as much as Mary. And it's a lesson for all of us who face situations where it seems God is late. Where are you when I needed you, Lord? You know, basically when times get tough, it's a chance to draw closer to God. So to wrap this up, Martha basically confessed her belief in the resurrection here right? Did she not? Jesus asked her, and you know, Jesus suddenly, she said, yes, Lord, I believe he will be risen on the last day. And Jesus then says something striking to her. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he asks her, do you believe this? Now, this is important. Why? So it was like the blind man. Christ gives us an opportunity to profess our faith, right? She's given the opportunity to make a profession of faith. And guess what you will do? In just a minute, you will have the opportunity to profess your faith, just like Jesus gave to the blind man, just like Jesus gave to Martha. He says, do you believe? And they profess their faith. I believe. What are we going to say in a minute? What's the creed called? The profession of faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. This is what we will profess. You are going to be the blind man. You are going to be Martha because you will profess your faith. So she responds, yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the son of God. She shows perfect faith. So I think we should turn to Martha today to help us be a good example of being steadfast in faith. And it was because of her faith that Jesus revealed something new and profound to her. What did he say? He said that he came from the father, basically. Basically, to defeat sin and death, restore life for those who believe. And when you profess your faith, you're saying, I believe. When you receive Holy Communion, you say, Amen or Amen. What does Amen mean? I believe. That's what it is. That's your profession of faith when you receive. St. Augustine talked about this when Jesus said this. And Augustine said, I am the resurrection. I am he who will at the last day raise him up. Therefore, I can, if I will it, raise up Lazarus right now. So what's going on here? Now he is defeating death. Although Lazarus will die again, Jesus won't. So basically, Jesus is coming to defeat death. The penalty for sin is death. Jesus wipes away sin. Now he defeats the result of it, death. This is unbelievable. This demonstrates Jesus' power over death, his last great enemy. And this gives us the confidence that Jesus did raise from the dead because he had the power to raise someone else from the dead, which is even greater in this eyes of the people than what they had ever seen before. 
then Jesus will raise himself. So anyway, as we said, death is basically that separation from soul, from the body. And, you know, on that EWTN show on death, the second show is judgment. And we'll talk about, you know, you actually have two judgments. We all know that we'll be judged when we die, right? Immediately after we die. Well, that's your personal judgment. There will also be a general judgment where all the bodies will come out of the graves and you will be reunited with your body, your soul and your body. At your personal judgment, it's just your soul. And then at the general judgment, at the end of the world, all the bodies will come out of the graves and we will be united with our souls. Now, why is that interesting? Because this is what will happen at the general judgment. We will be called out of the tombs. This is what Jesus is showing us. Lazarus, come out of the tomb. <clears throat> In the first reading, the graves, the, they will come out of the graves. And so this is why it is so important for us to prepare for the four last things. Death first, and then our judgment. Our personal judgment, and then the general judgment. At the general judgment, you'll learn about all the effects around the whole world of everybody's actions. And God, you'll find out why God allowed that little child to be sick or why he didn't protect, um, you know, where at least it seems he didn't protect you in a certain situation. Actually, he always does. Because what's more important than our temporal life is our eternal life. And so all of this is the deposit of the faith. And this is why we are Catholic. Because God speaks to us and it is through his church that we understand and we can prepare through the sacraments with the grace needed when we face death and judgment. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.